What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Rambling Beard. And today's episode is a special one. I got to talk with one of my very best friends, and it was a it was an intense conversation. Just gonna let you know. Have you ever just met anyone? It doesn't matter where you met them, Facebook, Instagram, the bar, wherever. Have you ever met anyone and just instantly clicked, like from day one? Well, Carla and I did. So, started talking we about a year ago. Like we we just we're, we're into the same things. We're we're into fitness. We're into the bearding community. Her being on the East Coast, me being on the West Coast, it it works out really well because she can let me know about things going on over there that I might not hear about. I can let her know about things going on over here. But what really sets her apart from a lot of my friends is she's not afraid to tell me the hard truths. And yeah, I have friends that will sit there and they'll they'll tell me the truth. Like I absolutely they will. She is one that will undoubtedly come out and say you're being an idiot or you're being stupid. She will 100% without a doubt tell me what I want to he- not what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. And that is one of the reasons that her and I click so well. I'm I'm the same way. I'm going to tell you if you're fucking up. I'm going to tell you what I think you need to be doing if you come and ask for my opinion. I'm not going to be one of those guys that from the sidelines is, oh, you need to be doing this. No, if you come and talk to me, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to tell you what you need to be doing. But she is, for me, especially over the last year, she has been a person that I could go to for advice on a multitude of things. And, and you'll you'll hear about that when, once we get into that conversation. The best word to describe Carla, (laughs) I'm going to have to say lightning rod. There is never a dull moment when she's around. doesn't matter if you're with her in person, chatting with her on Facebook, watching her Facebook stories, watching her Instagram stories. She is lightning in a bottle and it is awesome. You just feed off of that energy. Over the last year, she's been an extremely, extremely big inspiration and motivation factor for me. She helped keep me going when, you know, shit was rough with my, my attempt at 75 hard. I guess I shouldn't say attempt at 75 hard. I did it. So, you know, I would, I would talk to her about exercise stuff and diet stuff and she had the answers. And then, we talk about relationship stuff and she told me what she thought and getting her perspective was extremely helpful because I could, I could talk to my boys and I did talk to some of my boys about it, but they didn't have that woman's point of view. They didn't have that women's perspective of what might be going on on the other end. And undoubtedly, she was right. She, she hit the nail on the head so many damn times. It, it hurt. 
and not in a bad way. It just, it was, how the hell is she so right all the time? Like it, it hurt my brain. Like just thinking about how many times that I asked her for advice and she fucking just drilled it. It was incredible. So her being right and her having that perspective that I wasn't able to see. Yeah, it, it was helpful for almost every aspect of my life. She's not someone who holds back and you will 100% hear that in my conversation with her. If you think that you're going to get anything sugar-coated or handed to you on a silver platter when you're talking with Carla, you are out of your goddamn mind. It is not that way in any way, shape, or form. She's not one to hold back. She doesn't keep anything, you know, like contained. Like some people will sit there and they'll hold back a little bit. They'll they'll tell you some truths. She wears her feelings and her thoughts on her sleeve. And she's not afraid to let people know how she feels or what she thinks. And that's not always a bad thing. It, it's honestly a breath of fresh air, especially in today's world where so many people are so fake and tell you what you want to hear that having someone in your corner that will do that, that will speak their mind, that will be honest, that will be just what people should be. It's enlightening to a certain degree. And that being said, her and I's friendship is a positive example of what social media can be. We met through, you know, that suggested friends or people you may know on Facebook because we're both involved in the bearding community. I have a lot of friends who do beard competitions and undoubtedly there is more people on the East Coast that I know through Facebook and I, I can't remember who added who, if she added me, if I added her, um, that's not important. What's important is we developed a real life connection because of social media. We have established ourselves as, you know, people that, that can talk to each other without there being any kind of stigma around it. We met up at Monsters Ball in October in Pennsylvania and it was it there was no awkwardness. There was no you know weirdness that that a lot of people feel when they meet someone for the first time, but when I you know met her face to face for the first time, it was it was like I was meeting you know I I was meeting up with my sister who I'd known for years. It it was it was crazy. But that being said, let let me not ramble on too much before we get into the conversation with Carla. And let's start that now. And welcome Carla to the show. Carla, Hi. how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for joining me on this episode that, that kind of ties into the last one. Um, I know that I kind of talked about my whole year and my whole year was really centered around 
the whole weight loss journey and the finding myself and finding that confidence in myself. And when I started this whole journey, right near the beginning, that's when you and I first started kind of chatting and feeding off of each other's energy. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. I, I watched, you know, your videos and yeah, I, I creeped your page to see because one of your first stories that I saw, you were in like workout clothes and you were talking about working out. And I was like, Oh, this chick gets it. Like just what you were saying. I was like, she, she gets it. Her and I will have a lot in common. Turns out you and I have a ton in common as far as our attitude and our mannerisms and who we like to be around. Because not only are you into fitness, you're a big part of the bearding community on the East Coast. And not just the East Coast, the West Coast, too. So, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make you blush. But <laughs> I I knew that once I started this, I mean, you, you literally were the first person that I talked to about being on here. And I, I knew I needed to work it in early on so that I could have you here so that I could just pick your brain and, and have you tell your story to more people and elaborate on your journey through everything and not just the, not just the high points. I mean, you, you've definitely dealt with some, some low points too. Um, probably more so than I, but we can get into that in a little bit. Um, so what I want to know first is when most people start a weight loss journey or like a life-changing journey, they kind of have a single moment that it just, everything just clicks and they say, I got to change. I have to do something. What I'm doing right now isn't working. Do you remember your, I got to change moment? I remember that vividly. So you're right about someone having like that moment. And so my moment that actually made me change came a little bit after the realization that I needed to make a change. So let me start there. I first yeah. realized that there was a problem. Uh, what happened was I was in my late, my early thirties. I was, I don't remember if I was 30, 31, 32. It had to be, well, let's see, it was 2009, 2010. So that's 29, 30 when I was 29 or 30 years old. I was so overweight that I was on medicine for high blood pressure. I was, uh, had high cholesterol that they weren't putting me on medicine for yet. And I was, pre-diabetic so then I my legs my lower calves started swelling and I had to get those compression socks that you see old people wear yeah. and when I went to the store to buy them I was 30 years old 280 pounds I went to the store to buy them and the old ladies in there that were selling them to me were like why do you need these you are way too young for this and it was just one of those moments where I was like wow I'm I mean like and yeah, it was it was a wow moment for me going in there and having to buy the compression socks for my legs because my body couldn't re to return the blood up to my heart because I was so fat was a very right. big wake up call for me. And then that that was my wake up call in the store with the women that got me looking into the surgery because at that time I was still in the mindset of desperation and what is the easiest route to do this. Right, you had you hadn't really I developed hadn't. that killer attitude that you have now 
Not, not yet. That leads me to my second moment. So that was the moment that made me go, this is a huge problem. I have to do something about this. I just didn't know at that moment what I was going to do about it. So then I talked to the doctor about surgery. Of course, the doctor never, not one single doctor, not one freaking doctor ever said to me, you know, all these things I'm putting you on medicine for, if you could change your diet and move a little more, you could probably cure them for yourself. They never said that to me. Of course, the doctor goes, well, I can, we can talk about weight loss surgery. So she mentioned it to me. I toyed around with it for a little bit. She did point out, she said at the time, this is, of course, keep in mind, this was in 2010. So at that time, she acted like I wasn't big enough for it. She even said, if you gain 50 more pounds, I know I can get you approved. So I literally had my doctor advocating me to gain weight so that I could get surgery to lose weight. So How you were, toxic they, is that? Wow. They wanted you over 300 pounds. She didn't say anything, but she said, if you could gain 50 pounds, I know I can get you approved. Now, what does that tell you? That is, well, I mean, that tells me exactly. a lot. Exactly. So I, I left with that knowledge, and that got me talking to one of my best friends. At the time, I was married to my ex-husband. He was completely non-supportive about any of it. He was one of the type, he was the type that was, um, yeah, you can change how you eat, but I'm not going to change how I eat. I'm not going to do it with you. I'm not going to do anything and change my lifestyle alongside with you. But if you do it, cool. So, you know, whatever. We don't have to get into all that. But that right. led me that led me to discussing the situation with one of my best friends, and I discussed it with her a couple of times. And it was when we were sober, we talked about it, and her response was, oh, you know, I support you, whatever – I support whatever you think you need to do. I support you if this is what you think you need. I support your health. I support your happiness. I'm just going to be supportive. And I was like, great, okay, cool. Fast forward, maybe, I don't remember the timeline between it. This all kind of went on for a little while. I mean, it this doesn't happen overnight when you decide to make the change. It didn't for me anyway. It had nothing about this has happened overnight. So right, right. Her, her and I, fast forward of however long it was, it wasn't long, maybe a month, maybe some weeks. I'm not quite sure. Um. We were out one night together. We went out to a bar, and we got a little drunk, and it came up again. I don't know why. You know how you get, get a little drunk, you get your feelings, and you get to talking about heavy shit. I don't know, but that's what we did. I bring it up again, and she had drinks in her, and she said, I do support you. I know I told you that, but you haven't even tried to do this for yourself. I think surgery is an easy way out. This is what she said. I'm not saying this is what I, I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm telling you what she said. I don't need the freaking surgery shamers to attack me. Okay. Right, right. She said, she said, I think it's an easy way out. You're not, if you get surgery, you're not addressing any of the reasons why you got to be the way that you got to this point. So you get the surgery and that's great. It works for a little while. And then what happens? You go back to the same habits and you gain the weight all back or you're still unhealthy. I mean, you haven't fixed any of the reasons why you are this way. You haven't even tried the other way. Why would you? cut your body and do something like that to yourself when you haven't even tried to take care of this the way that we all know works. And it was like a woe moment for me. I mean, that was a woe moment. I talk about it to this day. I thank her for it to this day. I, that, I, that right there, that you talk about the moment. I had the compression socks moment with the old ladies in the medical store. And that kind of started that, the snowball. That, exactly. That, that made me realize I needed to do something. But when her and I had that conversation, and I was I was tipsy. We were tipsy. It was the end of the night. Like I said, it was one of those in-your-feelings kind of conversations that you get into. And But I remember it vividly. Like, 
there was absolutely no memory loss from the alcohol. I, I will never forget that moment. That moment, I, I, I always talk about that moment is, was my life-changing moment. I mean, it was life-changing. Now, I didn't – now, let me also say, I didn't wake up the next morning and change. Right. It was a, a slow process for me. I ended up having to um, – what I had to do before I could change that I didn't know at the time is I had to leave the, the miserable marriage I was in. So her and I had that conversation. Within six months, I had had the conversation with my ex-husband that I was done and that I wanted to be out. Um, and so we separated. And then when I was on my own and trying to pick up and rebuild my life, because when I told him I was done, he, he left. Like, he left Virginia. He moved out. His parents came and got all his shit. And they all moved the fuck out. He left me with the house, and he left me to deal with getting rid of the house. He just left me in Virginia, Shit. and he was and he was gone, and I was on my own to figure out our problems and our house and our issues and like the divorce and all of it. So, all right, cool. I'm a boss. I could do that. Um. So, he left. I got him out of my life, and things slow. As soon as he was out, as soon as I was on my own. I lost 40 pounds within like three months and I didn't even try. It was like portion control. All of a sudden I wasn't trying to like stuff my face full of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't like masking like the emotions with food just because you know that we can get into that too. But you know, when you eat sometimes people with food addictions like me, I don't know if you consider yourself a food addict. I do. Oh, a hundred percent. You get, 100%. you get a feeling like when you're upset or sad or depressed, like you eat something and you get that. I, I don't, I can't even describe the feeling because it's almost unconscious or subconscious or whatever you want to call it. But. Well, you almost I'm get that. Food. You almost get that endorphin rush. Like now exactly. when I work out, like I get that, I almost get exactly. that same feeling. And exactly. yeah. Oh no, I I definitely get that from food too. Still to, I mean, still so, to this day. So I was, when I got, I didn't know this at the time. This is all hindsight and reflecting, but I dropped 40 pounds like it was nothing when I separated from him, and it wasn't depression from separating from him. I was no longer feeding my emotions because I was unhappy with him. And this right. isn't to bash the ex. This is not to bash the ex. We weren't good for each other. It was mutual. I was not the right one for him either, not bashing him. I'm just talking about the way a bad relationship for anyone can affect your lifestyle and, like, your choices. So oh, yeah. it's not a bash yeah. the ex-husband situation it's just a I wasn't right for him either like he's happier now I'm happier now that's great I wish him the best but in the moment at the time it did play a role and it was a huge factor in the choices I was making at the time and then when we separated I dropped 40 pounds like it was nothing I mean I didn't even try I didn't even realize I was I had reduced portions I didn't realize it I noticed it all of a sudden 40 pounds was gone and I was like oh okay so I like this this feels good this, I feel better, even with just losing 40 pounds. Like, you don't even know how much that little bit of weight adds up to the changes in the way you feel. So I'm like, okay, well, 40 pounds is gone now, so now what do I do? Um, and then enter Rob. Meet Rob. We get into a relationship. He's overweight. We kind of enable each other a little bit. My weight loss stalled. We were engaging in the bad habits together. As far as food goes, you know, lack of mm-hmm. lack of uh, lack of movement, lack of mobility, and eating bad food is what we would do as far as bad habits together. Right. Um, but I was also happier, and I was living life, and I was I felt like I was, you know, out of a cage. I was getting to fly and kind of live and enjoy. And I was in my 30s, and I was like, yeah, you know, this feels good. So he and I, in 2016, it was June of 2016, we just decided 
we're tired of this. We had both put on some weight. I had gained a little bit back of the 40 pounds I had lost. He had put on, he was the heaviest he'd ever been. And we talked about it and it was like, you know, you're getting older, I'm getting older. Like, what, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to just be fat and miserable forever, die young, be on medicine and be miserable? Or should we do something about this and make that part of our lifestyle so that we can live healthier, happier? Because at the time, you know, I know it now because I know how I feel now. But at the time, I had no idea what life was going to become. I didn't know. I just knew it had to be better. There was, it, there's got to be more than this. Right. So we moved. We started. We joined the YMCA because it was close to the house. And that's where we went. We started working out. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't. I went in there. And the re- part of the reason, part of the reason why I joined the Y is because they had this thing where if you joined, they they have people that work there that will like work with you and show you how right. to use everything up front. Right. And that was part of it for me. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I did that. I went and I worked out at the Y for a year and a half um, in the so a gym. Um, on machines, I didn't pick up free weights. The free weight section intimidated the shit out of me. I didn't like going over there. It was a small area. It was all dudes, and they all knew what they were doing. I just felt insecure, and I just felt like I would be – I didn't like being stared at. I didn't like the feeling of I didn't know what I'm doing. So I just – I had I, I'm anxious sometimes, and I just didn't like it. I'm not a fan of the gym to this day, so I'm not a huge fan. Not a huge fan, but I'm way more – way more confident and, and secure in the gym now than I used to be. Right. So back then I wasn't. Back then I was not. Um, even with Rob over there, like he was in the weight section, and I would go over there and he would try to show me stuff, and I just was so uncomfortable. So then I No, I, t- I, t- I totally get that. I totally get that. Right. I mean, when I, when I first started going back to the gym, um, not this last time, not in January, but in, was it 2000? Oh, it would have been like 2013. Like I'd walk into the gym and yeah, I was overweight. Yeah. I, but I mean, I, I knew what I was doing. I worked out, you know, for four years in high school, for two years after high school, like I was, I was a gym rat and I walked in there and the guys that were in there at the time made me feel just the looks they gave me, made me feel like I was the worst person on earth. And I, it made me want to stop. And right. I then imagine, I just imagine and, being a woman though and walking oh, in with all the fucking all even, the buff dudes staring at you, even, you know? Can't even imagine right. what women feel. Which is why I love the gym that I go to now. Everybody that is there is helpful. There's no one there that thinks that thinks they're better than anyone. Everybody talks. It is it's like a, a little family and it's fantastic. Right. So you asked my moment, and I went way off on a tangent into, like, the rest of the story, but that was the moment. And it's one of those situations where she gave me tough love. She gave me the harsh truth. She told me the reality. I mean, she told me something very uncomfortable. It's not comfortable to hear that, but it was true. So people don't like to hear the truth. I didn't like to hear that. I didn't used to like to hear it, and it hurt sometimes. But until it was exactly what I fucking needed to hear to save my life, I didn't have the respect for it that I have for it now. Right. And the truth but, isn't um, always shiny. The truth isn't always pretty. But those people that do tell you the truths are those people that you can trust. They're not the people that are always, oh, yeah, good job. Oh, you look great. Oh, no, you you look fine. Right. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me. I don't need yes people no. around me. She, she supports me, and she does praise me, and she – 
she is very encouraging of what, but she, I love that friend in particular because she also has no problem shooting to me straight when I need to hear it. And we all need that sometimes. Sometimes you got to get checked. Right. Well, I mean, that's so, why you and I get I mean, along I'm, so well, too. Exactly. And how many times have I done that to you over the year? And how many times have you done it to me? In fact, oh, how many times, I, how many times I, have I come to you and I knew <laughs> I needed that? And right. I tell you, Jake, I'm being a weak-ass bitch today. My bitch voice is winning. <laughs> tell me to stop. Like, help me yeah. out. And that's what we've done for each other all year. 100%. That's, I, that's, I mean, that's what I do for everybody. I don't. I value that, though. I want you to be ugly to me if it's the truth. Oh, yeah. Because I hear it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, same for me to you. And that's why when I'm struggling with shit, I mean, it doesn't matter what I'm struggling with. Whatever I'm struggling right. with, like, you're one of the first people I come to because I know that for whatever reason that brought us together, like, you're not going to give me some bullshit answer. You're not going to tell me what I want to hear. You're not going to give me the easy road. You're going to make me think. You're going to make me say, hold up a second, fucker. This is not what you should be doing. You need to reevaluate your decision-making process or whatever. Yep. That style of friendship, I believe, saved my life. So while I might not be out here giving life-saving advice, I'm still going to give that. I'm going to – that style of friendship is just where I'm at now for friendship or anything, inspiration, however, is because – it saved my life and it worked for me and I just don't, I can't, I'm not good at the sugarcoating bullshit. I'm just not. I'm not either. I, I can't it do it. Ha- I don't believe that it helps anybody. I don't feel like, I feel like enabling someone doesn't help. If you need to get off your fucking ass and move your body, then I'm going to tell you that. And, and it's, I don't think that's offensive, especially if you come asking me. Right. If, if you, you come ask asking me, for my help and then you, get offended by my advice, knowing what I've been through, knowing what I've gone through, go fuck yourself. That's just exactly, that's the, get, yeah, right get there. out the of here. Point, the key point you just said was what, knowing what I've gone through. I'm not some like fitness chick that's been fit my whole life acting like I know what it's like to be obese and what, what that means. That's not what I am. Right. I, I, I know what it's like to be obese. I've been on both sides and that's why I always feel like I'm allowed to fucking talk about it then. Mm-hmm. 100%. I've lived. I've, lived. I mean, I've been a loser. I've been a winner. I can talk about the losing mentality. I can talk about the winner mentality. Like, because I've had both. I remember when I was, I had the loser mentality. I was miserable and everyone around me that got close to me had to feel that and I wasn't good for anybody either. So I, right. can, I can talk about it and I'm going to be harsh about it because until you get really brutally honest with yourself in the mirror about what it is you're doing in your life, that is either leading you down the path of the happiness you think you seek. Now, whatever that is, it's not for some people, it's fitness for some people, it's money for some people, it's love, whatever your goal is, there's a fork in the road. Are you, are you walking towards it or are you doing actively making choices that are taking you away from it? That is the reality of it. You tell me like, what does Andy, what does Andy always say? Show me what you've done the last 1000 days and I will show you why you're not where you want to be. 100%. I mean, that's actually verbatim what he says. So. Exactly, and that sticks in my mind because <laughs> I think about that. Whenever I yeah. start getting into that bit, that bitch voice starts trying to take over, and I'm like, why can't I have this? Why am I doing that? Why am I bloated today? Why did I eat that? My, my, my. It's like, well, Carla, right. you made the choice. Nobody did exactly. this to you. You did it to yourself. 
Yep. So. Harsh truth. That's what I'm about. Ugly truth. I know. And it's fantastic. I love it. I think, it, I think it, you called it, it, it raw. <laughs> I did. I do call it raw. Actually, I was talking to a friend uh, yesterday, and I was like, I'm so excited. Like, I get to interview one of my best friends. And they were like, oh, so what's your show? Like, how, what's the vibe of the show going to be? Like, are you guys just going to chit-chat? And I was like, oh, no, this shit's going to be raw. Like, it's going <laughs> to get harsh. It's going to get, you know, I mean, at some points, it'll probably get, for anyone that's not you and I, it might get a little ugly. And, but that's who we are. Like, I'm that's okay that's who, like, if you listen to my first episode, like, you know, I got no problem speaking my damn mind. And that's one reason I have you here is I know you don't have a damn problem speaking your mind because I've seen it firsthand on, you know, your Facebook stories in person when we were at Monsters <laughs> Ball. Like, just, I, that's why I had to have you. I, I had but to you have you me, on. You, you get me, though. You get me. It's 50-50 out here. I trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely do get you. And the fact that we've only known each other a short amount of time and we already understand each other as much as we do, like, that's – if we lived closer together, we would fucking just run states. Oh, you'd be in trouble. Like we, we would just run states. <laughs> it would just take oh, over. Yeah. Like, there'd be no oh, governor. It'd just be Jake you and Carla. the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, He's so right, too. Like, yes. Because we're just a couple of badasses. Just, you know what we should you do? You know what? We, I we just, just recently got okay with admitting that. What, that you're a badass? Yes. Like, I've been telling yes, you that the whole fucking year. Yes, the fuck I am. I've been telling you that the whole fucking year. And you're just I now getting it? you a lot of shit the whole year. You're just now getting a couple things, too. So you understand. I know. Hey. We weren't talking about me right there. We were talking about you. Okay. <laughs> That's always your go-to, too. I love when I, I put the script on you. I know. I don't. I know. That's why I do so, it. Right. Well, I mean, it, it keeps me in check. So you got you got this great journey that, that you're on. How many times on that journey have you stumbled? Oh, gosh. Okay, so... All right. For example, your journey, right? You, I know, I don't remember quite exactly how long you were on it before you started it in January of 2020. Yep. January 2020. Okay. So that's when you started, right? Yes. Okay. So you did it in a more, what I would consider, I don't know if it's more traditional or not, but you've had this amazing transformation where I watched you go go from 100% not traditional. So what I did is, I know. So, I meant I, you didn't let me finish. Let me tell you what I meant. I'm oh, talking okay. about the timeline. You oh, from January gotcha. 2020, and now here we are. We were in December 2020 when you were like, "This is how I ended my year," and you were consistent all year. Like I said earlier, right. I mentioned I went in the term food addict. So I have the exercise down. I can I can keep myself going on that. I over the years I have stumbled a little bit where. I took a week or two off. I've had some injuries. I've had some, you know, life happens sometimes, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's just times where literally you are so down that it's hard to get yourself off the floor to make yourself do that shit. That's fine. But my problem always has been and always will be the food. So tried and failed. I wouldn't say that I have failed. I would just say that I have done it. It's been a six-year process for me, and the reason why is because I would hit plateaus, and I would hang out at that plateau for like a whole year, because I wasn't able to 
figure out me learning the food and how to properly fuel my body and eat nutritiously has been a very long learning process for me because I still enjoy the bullshit. I still like Reese cups. I like to drink alcohol here and there. If anyone's ever been around me in public. So I have stumbled. That is where I would say, I wouldn't say fail. It's just that I know that had I, if I could wake up and be consistent for a whole straight year, like you did, I would not have taken six years to do this. I've been great at consistency with exercise. It's the consistency with nutrition that has made this go on for as long as it has for me. However, it's always going to be, it's always going to be an effort for me. It just will, because I compare the food addiction. It's not any different than drug addiction. And I wish people would understand it. So I have to get on my soapbox for a second about food addiction. All right. You, you take food addiction, right? You take food addiction. So, so consider, imagine like, I like sugar. I have a big sugar and chocolate sweet, like that, the shit that just puts the pounds right on your belly. That's my right. shit. So I'm a, I consider myself an addict because I have a hard time controlling myself not to, to have those things. So, okay, take a heroin addict. Um, with, with addicts, with drug addicts, alcohol addicts, the, the treatment is cold turkey. You just can't have it. Like, you can't have it. You cannot have anything like this. You cannot abuse substances because you can't handle it. Well, with food addicts, you can't just not eat. We have to eat to survive. So right. food addicts, it's like, here, you can have heroin, but you only can have this kind of heroin. What kind of bullshit is that? People don't realize it. <laughs> right. Everywhere you go, I walk into 7-Eleven and the heroin is all around me. I go to work and the heroin is all around me. I walk in the front door of my office and they got a candy bowl on the desk. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's for the people who can handle themselves. But the heroin chocolate sugar Carla addict that walks in wants to grab it. And so imagine having to imagine being a heroin addict and you got to walk around society and life and everything that people are doing. They go out to dinner together. They get together. They have fun. They do holidays and everybody's doing heroin and all of it. And you can't like people don't realize it's just like that. It is just like that. You don't get to be almost 300 pounds if you're not addicted to food. And I don't care who doesn't like that. I just said that. That's the fucking fact. Right. We we are not as humans as human beings and nature. We are not supposed to weigh 300 fucking pounds being a five foot six woman female. Like there's no, nothing about that. We are not supposed to weigh that much. There's a reason why it makes us sick. And I don't care who you are. If you're 300 pounds and you're five foot six, you are sick. Yep. And that's, that's, and that's where I get into the truth that people don't like to hear. You're sick. That's what it is. You can't eat like, you can't eat like shit all the time and expect your life to be good. Like, and we haven't even touched on the feeling and how different I feel and the healthiness and like the way I feel. So, but that is where I have stumbled and failed. The question was, where have you stumbled and where have you fallen? For me, it always will be. And it always has been food. And yeah. 2020, 2020 actually was because of what happened in, in 2020, the events of 2020 and like everything being so out of control in every other part of life. 2020 was the first year that I got so hardcore on controlling my food because I was I felt so out of control with the year and the anxiety of everything going on with COVID and like my whole life was turned upside down overnight, my lifestyle that right. I went, I gotta be able to control something because I'm tripping. So and I still did I stumbled along the way. I mean anyone that's paying attention to me this year knows I've had some bumps in the road. But my nutrition was the best I've ever been in two thousand and twenty because I had to find something to focus on and I had to like lock into it and control it because I couldn't control anything else last year. 
so that's that's my problem. It always will be food is just stumbling through that and trying to always remember to make the better choices with food. Yeah, that's my <clears throat> excuse me. That's mine mine too, for sure. It's I mean I can I could I could sit down today and just hammer out a pizza. It's like a, a whole fucking pizza. Oh. Me too. I, mean, I, you know what? I feel like shit when I do it. I feel oh, yeah. I, I would feel absolutely terrible, especially since I've, I mean, I can't say that I've eaten clean the entire year. Like, Of course not. That's not realistic. I mean, you saw me eating at Monsters Ball. You saw, I, I mean, shit, I think Rob and I both um, had two breakfasts. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, Rob and I both had two breakfasts when we went to breakfast. Exactly. Like, it was, it and but you, I the didn't difference the, of it you, the, you guys were hungry <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was starving the difference there is you guys had gone and worked out and i had not so i went back to the room and took a nap i almost missed going back to the warehouse because i slept until <laughs> about 11 minutes before you texted me and said hey we're at the truck like I was literally putting the finishing yet? touches. Yeah, I was putting the finishing touches. Like my whole plan was to go back to the room, hang out for a minute, get ready, take my time getting ready so my beard would look good because you know it was a beard competition. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna yeah. lay here for it. I'm just gonna lay here for a little bit. But did you just call my beard bougie? I did. Okay. Um, is it not? It is. It's got to be. With as much product <laughs> and as much. about your stupid beard. Hey. I say stupid, but they're not. I love them. I love, I love yeah, all your stupid beards. Don't, exactly. don't twist my words. Exactly. I was, I was going to let you fix it. I fixed but, it. No, my, my whole plan was breakfast, take a quick nap, and then get up, get ready. What the actual happening was breakfast, nap, uh, and then just continue to nap. I slept until I think we left at what, like 2.30 ish. And I got up at two. It was, I like, I, I woke up, I looked at my phone, I was like, oh my God. And I looked in the mirror, I was like, well, Best of luck. So I, I think that's the, I think that is honestly the fastest I've ever gotten ready for a competition. And that includes the online ones that I film at my house. That's because you didn't want me to yell at you. Um, kidding. I would never. Yeah. You, oh, bullshit. (laughs) You, Jason and Jason, like, how could I show up at a competition put on by my sponsor and look like shit like i had to come out looking you know like i I had to look like a million bucks like there there, i didn't have a choice so whether i you know didn't ride with you and robin tried to catch a ride with in the shuttle or fucking walk like some way somehow my beard had to look good and i mean i guess it ended up being all right so i got I would have t- I would have told you if it didn't. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, you're the one that convinced me not to wear the shirt. So hey, the the button up shirt that follow I follow me for more tips. Follow right, me for more right. tips. 
If you need to know the truth about yourself, follow Carla. She, she <laughs> will. Hey, hey, you know what? You say that, and that sounds bad, but only because I am so okay with hearing the truth about myself, too. Right. Oh, I know. Like, no, I, 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 I know you're not. But I can I take it. I fucking can take it, but you got to come correct. If you're going to dish some shit off me, you better come something better than cut in half. <laughs> right. That's all I'm saying about that. Right. God, that was that's one of my favorite times of the year, I think. It's actually it's, one of my favorite things, too. I mean, like, you know why, though? Uh, just really quick before we get back to weight loss. Right. Because if I'm going to be a cunt, I'm going to do it better than average. So I got a cunt and a half. Right. Like, well, I'm so, better I mean, than your average cunt. Well, obviously. If I'm going to do then, the cunt thing, I'm going to do it better. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to be the top cunt. Got it. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you you started it. I'm I know, you're right. It. I'm good. I'm good with it. Okay. So the, the the one question that that I sent you earlier, I I laughed when I when I was writing it. Secret. Ev- yeah. Everybody asks, "What's your secret? What's your secret? How'd you do it?" I worked my fucking ass off. I ate right. Like, there's no secret. Yep. It is literally yep. spelled out for you and has been spelled out for you for hundreds of years. There's no tricks. There's no, like, those fad diets, those tricks, those everything, they fail. Like, you look at anyone that does, you look at anyone that does, like, Ideal Protein or Adkins or any one of the, the diet, like, the... My favorite the, is the weight loss tea. Oh, Christ. You really think drinking tea, uh, tea, drinking tea could make us all lose weight? We'd all be skinny and fine. Oh my God! But there's no secret. Like there is it, no secret. You know what my secret my is? To you, work my ass off. That's that was That's, my secret. The only thing when people ask the secret and is for me is so there's some days I work my ass off and there's some days that I just work a little bit. The my secret literally, if someone says what's your secret, it's like uh, I started and I never fucking stopped. I never right. stopped. I never quit. I keep going. Even when I stumble, even when I'm down for a week or two, I get the fuck back up and I get back to it. I don't quit. Literally, the only secret is you start and you don't stop. You don't quit. You keep going. You keep trying. You keep learning. You keep working. So for all y'all that want an easy secret, they don't exist. And I believe in people using surgery to get them jump started to help them change because some people do need that. I'm not against the surgery. But I'm here to tell you that if you get the surgery and you don't change your mindset and you don't learn how to eat right a little bit and you don't change all the reasons why you got to where you were, the surgery is not going to help you long term. No, it's so just a short term. There's some more reality for all y'all is that surgery is great. It's a great tool for people who need it to get them started. Like, right. okay, for example, Monica. Monica had, I don't mean to call her out, but she's, she's open and honest about it, so she doesn't mind that I talk about it, I'm sure. Right. I can ask her permission, but I, I know she's cool with it. Oh, she's going to be all right. Some, some, She'll be fine. Monica, Monica has some weight loss assistance with surgery, but she has maintained it and been killing it because she changed her lifestyle and to this day still lives a healthier lifestyle than she did before she got the surgery. She is what I consider to be a surgery success story. Mm-hmm. And I, there's, I, I mean, there's a lot of those out there too. Like if There's a lot of them. And I, I believe in using whatever tools you need to use, but I, I, I have to be honest with the people that go the surgery route is if you don't change what you're doing and you keep your same lifestyle, the surgery is not going to help you long-term. It will be short-term, and then you're going to lose a lot of weight, and then you're going to gain weight back, and, 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 and you have done nothing but alter your body surgically 
for no reason. Right. And you, you know, that's, it, that's my if you don't change, way. right. If you don't change and you do get the surgery, like depending on what surgery you get, like you could end up being worse off. Exactly. Like you, you, I mean, shit, you could eat too much one day and your stomach could just explode and deuces like you're out. Like that's it. Like there's no coming back surgery, from that. The surgery doesn't fix the food addiction. It doesn't fix the mental problems that you have. Not problems. I'm not going to say mental problems. It right. doesn't fix the mentality that helped you get to where you were or where you needed help. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't fix that. So. No, not at all. So I think we at. we kind of we kind of touched on it with the uh, like where where did you stumble where did you fall, but what's been your biggest struggle throughout your incredible transformation? I mean, obviously you know, number okay. one is going to be food. But what else? Right, so we don't have to talk about food again. Right, we don't um, have to talk about that again. So honestly, and I feel like I'm super vocal about this part, and people really get upset about it too, and that's okay. I don't, I don't give a fuck. But um, it's the my biggest struggle. No bullshit. If you just forget about the food part, because that's a given, right. is adapting to adapting to the social changes that have happened for me. Literally. Within a six-year period, I had to relearn all of my social skills because I went from being almost, you know, I was 280 pounds, so almost 300 pounds, walking around basically invisible to men, and women were cool. They were like, oh, she's fat, she's a non-threat, I like this girl, she's not going to take my man. Mm-hmm. I say it like that. I know that's not always how it is. I say it like that because that's I'm talking about society and I'm raw, so that's where we are, okay? Life is about sex, attractivity, and all that that's how people it's just it's a natural thing so i was invisible to men and women were cool with me they were they saw me as a non-threat so fast forward over and it wasn't overnight but and i'm 40 years old so within a five-year span feels like overnight in your whole life when you're learning social skills Mm -hmm. and you go i go from being invisible to men and women are cool to way too much fucking attention from men (laughs) and women are nastiest women are nastiest fuck it's like the shit flip flop for me and I did not know how to deal with that. Like, I was not ever the girl that was used to dealing with mean girls. I didn't go through that in high school. I'm just not, I just, I'm not used to people fucking with me. And especially just walking up to a bitch and she's just nasty to me just based on looking at me. That is right. some new shit for me that I've never experienced in my life. And it triggers the fuck out of me. So when you want to know about what struggles have been, is then me trying to find grace in dealing with those people and not taking that personally and understanding and realizing that they do that because of something going on with themselves. Because if I walk up to you and you're mean to me just because of the way I look, that's you. That's your problem. I haven't even fucking said a word to you yet to piss you off. Trust me, I'll get there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let, at, least let me, at least let me offend you first. Give me a chance. chance. Right. Give, so, give, give me five minutes. I'll say something. And Give I'm going to be honest minutes. with y'all, all, to all the ladies that are listening right now, I'm about to say some ugly shit. I'm about to say something really fucking ugly. Y'all ain't going to like it. And the bitches that know me and love me are going to understand. I'm about to say something ugly. When you're mean uh-huh. to a bitch, when she walks in the door just because of the way she looks, you are one of the most insecure fucking bitches that walk this planet. You do not support feminism. You do not support empowering women. You're nothing but holding us back. That's how I feel about it. And don't fucking talk to me. And that's where I'm at with those kinds of ladies. There we go. Uh, they've done it. They've done it too many, too many times. They have done it to me too many times, and I'm a, and it comes to me in the in the beard world so fucking hard. 
like there's so many amazing women that I've met in the beard world, and we can we can co-bingle beard and weight loss because that's you and I's like main. Oh yeah, that, that, but, that's our. But that's the, our the bearding shit, the bearding shit is where I've gotten the most mean girl bullshit. Like I was friends with some with Karinas. I started losing weight, and all of a sudden they changed on how they fucked with me, and all of a sudden I was the fucking enemy, and I was still the same motherfucking person except I wasn't fat anymore. Right. So. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had invested years in these friendships, and then all of a sudden, these bitches want to be hateful towards me because I'm not fat anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? I'm still an asshole. You like me when I was a fat asshole. You don't like me as a thin asshole? You know? No, like, I don't get it. Not. Of course they didn't. I don't, I don't get it. Y'all are the worst type. You bitches that are listening right now, y'all are the worst type. That's how I feel about it. I, I You know I get real passionate <laughs> about that mean girl shit, Jake. Oh, I know. I, I know. You know how I get it. And I, I knew, so we'd, I knew we'd get into it. I knew it'd, I knew it'd, it'd me, pop up about my biggest struggle outside of the food addiction in and of itself. It's it's adjusting right. to the way I have had to 180 degrees, the way people in society, men and women, treat me has 180 degrees changed. And right. adjusting to that has been odd. I don't see myself as attractive, I, not at first. I mean, I see it now. I mean, I'm good. You know, like, it's okay to, like, love yourself and be confident. I feel like I'm doing all right. I'm fucking feeling 40. Fuck all y'all that don't agree. You know, but... Like, I don't. I don't think there's a single person around, like, that would disagree with you killing forty. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not walking around trying to be like a twenty year old in a fucking bikini. That's never going to be me. I, I'm not hot shit in that regard. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to feel good and and live good and 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 be healthy. And luckily for me, I guess as a nice little side piece, there's. I didn't know that I I could be attractive when I got rid of all that bullshit and got rid of all the weight I was carrying and it wasn't just physical weight it was mental weight too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like once, once so you. Adjust, uh, Go ahead. So I was just saying that so adjusting to the way that people treat me differently now has been a huge struggle because I'm mouthy and I'm opinionated and. There's a lot of people that can just ignore it and they don't talk about it, but I keep talking about it. Like, every time this shit happens, I talk about it, and then people want to go, oh, well, you're just playing a victim. No, I'm not playing a victim. I'm calling this stupid fucking shit out because you motherfuckers suck. That's what I'm doing. I'm not a victim. I cry myself to sleep about it at night, but y'all suck. So I'm going to talk about it because I want to point it out in everybody's face. And the people that get it, they get it. And the people that don't get it, you guys are probably those types. Right. And that's just where I'm, that's where I'm at with it. That shit, I live in a gray world, but that shit is black and white for me. Yeah, no, I I know. Like we we've had many conversations. I mean, I get about passionate about it. You know what I mean? We've had many conversations like, about that topic. You know why? Because I come to you. I come to you for help and advice on how to deal with it. Because my initial reaction previously was to get upset and like attack and retaliate those kinds of assholes. Right. But I come to you because you don't go through that. You you had a transformation very similar to mine, and you you can get on. You and I could write the same fucking post and post the same type of picture, and everyone's gonna celebrate you for it. And half them people will celebrate me because I'm a woman, right. and I, I believe that. I fucking believe that. Well, I, I, we, we hold on. We kind of did my post from yesterday and your post from last week. They're they're pretty. I, mean, I had I had positive stuff damn, on that post. Right. Right. Well, I don't get so not a lot of the hate that comes to me. It doesn't come in the form of doesn't come. It doesn't come. It doesn't come. They all want to be in there. Exactly. It, they, they all want to yeah, be in their inboxes in. and hating and shit. Yeah, they slide in. That's, I mean, it's it's like it's the it's the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Or or the shit behind my back. Man, there goes Carla again. Man, man. I'm like, well, fuck y'all. You don't know how many people I'm fucking helping. So if you don't like it, you don't have to look. And that's where I'm at with it. Don't look then. If you're still looking and you don't like it, that's fucking on you. Mm, 
Exactly. I mean, we, we can only control ourselves. And once we lose that control, yeah, once, once we lose that control of ourselves and let what someone else looks like, what someone else says, what someone else does control how we feel, then we have to sit and evaluate ourselves and find out, okay, why, why is that particular situation such a, a, a catalyst for me? Like, why, why does that affect me the way it does? And exactly. that's not on, that's not on that other person. That is 100% on you. Because you know why? Being offended is a choice. I did not offend you. You allowed my words or my, my pictures to offend you. Stop blaming everybody else for your feelings because all that does is show the world that you don't have control. Right. Right. Period. No, I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> where, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on your side on this one. You know that. You just don't get, and it's funny because I, Rob and I had had a conversation similar that, to what I mentioned about you and I. Is like when he had lost a bunch of weight, like everyone celebrated him. He didn't get no hate, none. But no, no. Is that because, is that because, well, hold on, is that because he doesn't get on Facebook and, and, and quote unquote brag about it? Because I'm not bragging. People like to judge what we put on social media. I post what I post because that helps me. That shit has kept me going and it has held me accountable for all these years. So all you motherfuckers that want to get on social media and judge me for that, all you're doing is judging how I chose to save my life. You're the asshole, not me. Right. No, I I don't get I I mean you could look at my posts. You could I mean all my beard posts and my you know my workout posts and my weight loss posts. You could look at those and say, you know, that I was bragging or you know, you could say I was going down the those those lines. I get absolutely zero either dms or messages or comments i get zero hate oh you mean people don't tell you people don't message you just to tell you uh like critique your body no one does that to you no no one tells me that it doesn't look like i i'm working out no i could post the whole fucking photo album (laughs) i know you i'm I know you could. And that's that's the fucking shitty part. Like that's the part I don't get. Like Me everybody because, is because. looking for like a reason to like just pick each other apart. I don't fucking get it. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like we we all talk about and and I'm talking everybody talks about we have to come together. We have to be you know one you know, one unit as a human race, but yet they fall off and do this shit. Like they, they slide into your DMs and tell you that you're a cut in half, or they tell you that, you know, you, it doesn't look like you work out because your arms aren't defined. Like what the, what the actual fuck? Like, and of course, what and of course I wanted to be like, did you see what the fuck my arms looked like before? Right. <laughs> you know, well, no, like, because they, they didn't, they didn't go back and look. They didn't, they didn't give a shit. they, because I'm not a fitness not a, model. I'm not a fitness right. instructor. I'm not a fitness trainer. I'm just out here trying to, like, live my best life the best way that I can so that I'm healthy and feel good. You know what I mean? I'm not out here trying to be a bodybuilder. Fuck. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, who asked you? Who the fuck asked you to critique me? I mean, and then, you know, to play devil's advocate, well, you put it out on social media, so you opened yourself for that. That and you know what? You're right, but that doesn't give anybody to be the fucking. I, you are. You are absolutely right. I make the choice to publicize what I'm doing. I put out shit. I say what's going on. I show my story. I do it for the people 
who write to me like the other girl did the other day and said, mm-hmm. you were the first person that inspired me. You were the first person that I asked for help from, and now I've lost almost 100 fucking pounds. That's why yeah. I do it. So anybody that wants to, like, look at people that are on, that are doing something good or winning at life or winning at what their goals are, and you just want to, like, give them some negative bullshit in their DMs, fuck y'all. You suck, and you're never going to win like that. You're a loser. Immediately when you send that message, all you say is hashtag fucking loser. Right. right. That's what I see when I, that's what I see. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I don't post for, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get famous. Like I don't, I know why you're doing it, Jake, but I get you. I get why you do it. It's these fucking assholes out here that sit around miserable and don't do anything. And so I know I'm being ugly about it. I understand where it comes from in them. And the reason why I feel like I have the right to be ugly about it is because I used to fucking be just like them. That's why oh, I'm allowed too. to say the shit that I say. That is why I'm allowed to talk shit about you assholes because I used to right. be one of you. Right. I was too. Like I, I was, I was 330 pounds at one point. Like at my heaviest, I was 331 pounds. I was negative. I was. And I was my best friend. I was a terrible human. Terrible. Same. So was I. I was negative, and I mean, my vibe was toxic in that because I was so miserable. If you were around me, yeah, it might be nice for a few minutes, but. Eventually, I'm going to say some negative shit. It's going to be like a fucking Debbie Downer because that's how I felt. Yeah. Although, yeah, although, let me, read, let, me, let me also make this statement. Even when I was fat, even when I was toxic, I was mostly toxic to myself. I still was not a hater on people who were succeeding. Right. I would watch them, and I would be like, wow, I want to do that. How do I do that? So I wasn't a hater. I wasn't the person. I can't relate to the people that get on social media or any kind of platform any media platform, I don't care if it's the news or Pinterest, it doesn't matter. Any any media platform where people show their doing good. You just, you just aged yourself so much right there. <laughs> the news or Pinterest. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I <laughs> can't TikTok. relate to the people that. If you want to get any news people, out now, you got to get it out on TikTok. <laughs> That's just all I can't relate to. to the people that get on there and hate on the people who are, are doing well and succeeding. I did not do that when I was fat. When right. I say I was toxic and I used to be like y'all, what I mean is, is that I used to hate myself and I used to feel negative and I used to be miserable about life in general and I had no happiness about living. And I was not the person right. that was hating on winners. I was ne- I've never been a hater on winners, but I hated myself. I hated myself more than anyone can ever hate on me, and that's why I'm wondering why people think that it's ever going to work. Because they don't know. They don't, but no they don't know. could ever hate me more than I used know. to hate myself. Like, I, I was... I hated myself so much I could have killed myself over it. And right. you think that you think that telling me my arms don't look defined, or you think that calling me a cunt is going to fucking really do something? All you did was show the whole world who you are, not me. Exactly. Right. You don't even fucking know me. So I mean, no one can ever hate me more than I used to hate myself. That's that's why that shit. Yeah, it hurts my feelings, and I get sensitive, and then I get mad at myself, and that's when I run to you, and I'm like, you're like, fuck that, you're the boss-ass bitch, and this doesn't matter, and I'm like, you're right, okay, thanks, you know, that's what we do. I mean, that's, in a nutshell, that's that's most of our conversations, yes. I mean, one one way or the other, and and it's not always just you coming to me, I I go to you for plenty of shit, too. Of course, well, you know, one thing you and I have that's... And that is where we're going to leave off that conversation with Carla. We'll be back next week with the continuation of it. 
and I hope you all enjoyed the, I would say little tidbit, but whenever her and I talk, it is never a little tidbit. We get going, we get worked up, we get all up in the feelings and we just, we ramble, we talk, we, we just go. So that being said, thanks for sticking around and come back next week when we talk about 75 hard and her plan for that among a few other things. Until then, stay bearded, stay beautiful, and remember, be your own hero.